0: Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. For those of you who have been with us, you know that for the entire year here at City, we're gonna be focusing on the kingdom of God, We're going to take a look at the kingdom of God in Scripture and discover what it is and what it means to be a group of people who believe in and live in the kingdom of God. Now, what's going to end up happening throughout this sermon series is each week, in many ways, is going to build on the prior week. And so this morning, as I'm getting ready to step into the sermon, I wanted to remind us of what was taught on or preached on last Sunday in the initial sermon where we launched the Kingdom of God sermon series here at City. Now, one of the reasons personally why I'm so excited about the Kingdom of God series is because it gives me and everyone who preaches an opportunity to let you know who Jesus is and why he came. There's a lot of misconceptions in our culture about who Jesus was, what he came to do, what he came to accomplish. And so I'm very excited because the Kingdom of God series is going to challenge maybe some, of some people's assumptions or what you've heard or been led to believe about the person of Jesus and why he came. Now last week, there's two quick things that I want to remind us of from last week. And the first one was we began by looking at Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark. And that passage of Scripture says this, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. We're going to come back to that phrase, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet this morning. But in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, at the very beginning of Mark's gospel, he, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes the beginning of the good news, the good news, And last week, we took a deep dive into what that word good news actually is. Now, the reality of it is, this week, my family received some really, really good news. It actually came to us late, late on Friday. We'd been waiting to get that good news since Monday. The power was out in our house. How many of you experienced power outages? Look at this. Wow. Everyone did. And so here we were at our house. Power goes out. That was explainable. And then what we ended up doing, and one of my kids is, you ever have someone in your life that's just driven and myopic? And that's how one of my kids happens to be. And so they were calling Dominion Power like every other five minutes, just any news, any change. And so what ended up happening was every day they would say the same thing. Your power will come on from 6 to 11 p.m. You heard the same story as we did. And so here we were every day. This child of mine would call and 6 to 11, 6 to 11. And then, uh, by the way, have you ever noticed when the power's off and you know it's off, you still use the switches? Am I the only one? You walk into rooms and think, what is wrong with me? I know the power's off but what ended up happening was I suddenly got a text the power is on what good news and so I we were staying at a friend of ours house um, kind of house-sitting for them we did that to help them but mostly because they had a whole house generator And so we were over there, so I drove over to our house across the neighborhood and I went to our house and it was so exciting, high fives all around at the house where we're staying. I drive over and of course we had our taps dripping so that nothing would freeze and all the stuff they tell you to do. And I go in and the power's on, oh, such a good feeling. Texted myself. I texted the team, texted our family, hey, the power's on, everyone high fives. I think on our pastoral team, we were the last ones to get power, and I was in the house going around just rejoicing, and all of a sudden, everything went boo (laughs) and it shut off. So I call up the power company, I waited about an hour, and I said, hey, you know, our power was on and it's off, and here's what the lady said, very bubbly voice. She said, well, Pete, in your area, there are 900 homes and you are one of the 163 where the power went off. And she was so excited to tell me she knew the exact number of homes, 163, and Pete, you get to be one of those. And I remember sitting there going, I don't want to be. Part of the 163. I want to be the part of the other 800 and whatever the matter, 700, whatever the math is, that's where I want to be. And then she basically said, well, when the power came on, they found something incredibly dangerous, and they've had to shut off power to 163 homes. So I went back to my friend's house with the whole house generator and waited, and finally a text came through that said, your power is on, and it's stayed on ever since. You see, the good news we were looking for was what? The power is on. But what we learned last week is as good as that news is, it does not qualify for the good news, that Greek word that we just read in Mark chapter 1, the good news about Jesus. You see, that Greek word is the Greek word eungelion, which is translated four times good news In the Newer Testament, and 73 times, it's translated as gospel. The gospel of Mark, the gospel of Matthew, the gospel of Luke, the gospel of John. The gospel, the good news, always has to do with the announcement of a king that is bringing good news, euangelion, that will change the world. And so every time you read from one of the four gospels, you are reading euangelion. You are reading an announcement to change the world, and I would contend that it has. The other thing that we learned last week was found in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, where Jesus says, the time has come. By the way, we're going to come back to that as well in just a moment. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. We learned last week that the Greek word repent is the Greek word metaneo. And metaneo is a conjunction of two Greek words, meta, which means changed after being with, and noeo, to think. And so what repent means, literally means to think differently afterwards. And so Jesus is announcing that the kingdom of God has now come into this world, and you must repent In order to accept that, you must think differently about the world in which you live. Because if the kingdom of God has now stepped into the world, that's evangelion. it's good news. It's going to transform everything about the world. And so you must repent to believe it. Now again, I've said we're gonna come back and look at two things. We're gonna come back and look at where it said at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark as it is written in Isaiah the prophet and we're gonna come back and look at that phrase in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, where Jesus said, the time has come. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent, metaneo, change your mind after being with. Repent and believe the good news the time has come. You know, when we read that in English, it means almost nothing to us. We would say, oh, the time has come. Well, yeah, that's... But as I often teach when I preach from the Bible, context is everything, everything. And so the idea of saying something like, the time has come, what does that mean culturally? What did it mean to the people who who heard Jesus say that? When he would go around and say, the time has come, the time is at hand, repent because the kingdom of God is here. What does it mean when he says the phrase, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near? What does that mean? Well, let me illustrate it the following way. There are three definitive events in my life with Fran where she said these words, I think it's time. And when she said that, everyone moved. Let me explain what I mean. I have three children. And there came a point in our marriage where three times she said, it's time. Now, let me talk about that just a little bit. My son, Peter, was the first one to be born. And a couple of years later, Fran was pregnant again. I had resigned my position at Princeton and I was pastoring this church. But Fran, because she really wanted to stay with the baby doctor and she was really, really pregnant, she stayed in New Jersey and I was here pastoring City Church. So here's what I would do. I would drive down on Wednesday morning. I would pastor the church from Wednesday to Sunday. And then I would get in my car early, early Monday morning and I would drive back up to Princeton, New Jersey and I would be with my wife. And I was doing this week after week. Well, finally, she was at term and the doctor said, Pete, you're commuting so we're gonna help. We're going to induce Fran. So on Monday morning while you drive, we're going to induce her. So I'd get in my car, call her up. Yup, she was induced. I'd start driving back. I would get there and we would wait. I did that for a week. Nothing happened. Next week, driving up, they induce her. Nothing happened. Finally, on the third week, three weeks in a row of this, they induce her, and she finally goes into labor. And here we are. We're sitting at our house. My mother-in-law was with us. And when Fran said, it's time, no one went, hmm, It's 10-10, Fran. It's 10-10. No one did that. When Fran said, it's time, everyone moved. You grab the hospital bag. I start walking her out to the car. You have everything that you need. Everyone goes into action. You want to know why? Everyone knows the context. And when Fran said, it is time, everyone moved. My mother-in-law was just beaming. I was excited. And then we went to the hospital. She went into labor and we went through labor, and we had a baby. Doesn't that annoy you when men say, we had a baby, and we, Fran went into labor, Fran gave birth, and then I preferred the self-inspection method, and so we had our daughter. Now, here's the thing. When she said, it's time, everyone knew. That's exactly how it was for Jesus, when he said, the time has come. When he said that, everyone in Israel knew exactly what he was saying, everyone. Because everyone in Israel for 700 years had been waiting for the time to come, everyone. And the reason why is, and here's the context, is that 700 years before Jesus There had been a problem in Israel, and that was, is that Israel and the Jews, the Israelite people who are God's people, had turned to idolatry. They'd become incredibly corrupt. They were ignoring the poor. They were doing everything that God said not to do. And so there was a prophet that stood up and said, guess what? Because you have betrayed God and you are not being God's image in the world, God's judgment is going to come upon you. And the Babylonians are gonna come over that mountain and they're gonna crush us and they're gonna haul us all away. And it's exactly what happened. So the prophet Isaiah had prophesied. During the same time, the prophet Daniel was prophesying. And so the prophet Isaiah says, look, because of your betrayal of God, here's what's going to happen. And so Israel is crushed by the Babylonian empire, Jerusalem is destroyed, they're taken out of God's land, they're hauled to Babylon, there's a huge diaspora, and everything's a nightmare for God's people. Well, during that season of time, Isaiah the prophet moves from judgment to make the following announcement. It's found in Isaiah chapter 52, verses seven through 10. All of a sudden, the prophet changes tune and says this. How beautiful are the on the mountains are the feet of those who bring what? Euangelion. Those that bring a world-changing event, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who pray, proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God, what? who reigns? Kings are the ones that reign. Israel, there's going to come a day. I know it's bad now, but God's going to return to Jerusalem. And when he does, he will sit on his throne and God will reign. Reading on, listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy when the Lord returns to Zion, which is Jerusalem, They will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together. Your ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. In the midst of the worst possible circumstance, the prophet Isaiah announces that there will be one, who will go into Zion. And when he does, God will reign again. And everyone in Israel for 700 years has been waiting for this to happen. And it's known as the time. The time. Now, if you were to read on, you would discover not only Isaiah was prophesying at that time, but the prophet Daniel was as well. And here's what Daniel said in his prophecy 700 years before Jesus was born. Daniel 9.9, as I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days, meaning God himself, took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and all its wheels were all ablaze. Then drop down to Daniel nine thirteen. He goes on to say, "In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven." Whoever this man is approached the ancient of days and he was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power over all nations and peoples of every, and that people of every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. You see, all of Israel was waiting for this. They had been crushed by the Romans. There was dysfunction everywhere. The priesthood was a nightmare in Jerusalem. And everyone was waiting for this to happen. And it was known as the time. There would come a time when God would do amazing things. And Isaiah the prophet had also said this For to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace." Everyone had been waiting. Whoever Isaiah had promised, they believed God would be faithful, and he would come. And so in Mark 1:15, Jesus announces, the time has come, the kingdom has come near. Repent and believe the good news. You see, exactly the same as when Fran said, it is time, everyone in the room knew what she meant. Everyone around Jesus knew what he meant when he said, the time has come. In other words, everything that God had promised, that everything God had said would come true, that everything that the prophet Isaiah said would happen 700 years earlier, Jesus was saying, it's now happening in me. Jesus was announcing that the kingdom of God was stepping into the world and it was happening through him. And just like in the Babylonian empire, there were struggles, there was dysfunction and hatred and loss and fear and anger and oppression and evil. It was just like that during the time of Jesus under the Roman Empire. There was struggle and brokenness and dysfunction and hatred and loss and fear and anger and oppression and evil. And Jesus stepped into it. And he announced the euangelion. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. He announces that in him, you can find in the midst of struggle, dysfunction, hatred, loss, fear, anger, oppression, and evil, that in him, you can find the kingdom of God. If you would repent and believe, would you change your mind? Would you be willing to open up and see him for who he is? And then the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, The text tells us the following about Jesus, that Jesus went throughout the Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, that the euangelion, that the world-changing news of the kingdom of God was now here. And the text says that he was healing every disease and sickness among the people. And then Luke chapter 11, verse 20 says this, Jesus speaking here says, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. You see, in the mind of Jesus and in the mind of the gospel writers, when Jesus steps into the world, everything changes, everything. The world will never, ever be the same. That the Galeon, the gospel of the kingdom of God, is now here. The time has come. And everything Isaiah said and everything the prophet Daniel had said is now found to be true in him. And the announcement is it's time. The time has come. Will you repent and believe? And the rest of the gospel and all of the gospel is about what does it look like when the kingdom of God invades earth? When the kingdom of God comes here, what happens? And immediately what both of those passages said, that when the kingdom of God came in Jesus, suddenly people were getting healed. People whose bodies were broken and filled with dysfunction. People who were demon-possessed. People who were broken and shattered and destroyed. When the kingdom of God begins to step in, they find freedom and they find healing and they're restored in relationship to the people around them. That's what it looks like when the kingdom of God comes. And my contention is this. We live in the same atmosphere that Jesus stepped into. That there's brokenness and dysfunction. There's anger and terror and fear and hatred. All of that stuff is real. But what does it look like when the kingdom of God steps into that? It looks like shalom and wholeness and peace. And it looks like the brokenness of life can be restored in him. What does it look like when the kingdom of God invades earth? It looks like the opportunity in your life and in mine, in the midst of chaos, to find peace and to find joy and to find strength and find the thing that I need in order to live life. That's what it looks like. And so Jesus comes to each and every one of us and he makes the announcement, the kingdom of God is here Will you repent and believe? So how do we put feet to our faith with this message? It's to believe that Jesus actually did usher in the kingdom. That he ushered in the kingdom of God here. And that the time that everyone was waiting for is now fulfilled in him. And that his announcement is true Putting feet to our faith means we repent and we change our mind about Jesus because I've sat down with a lot of people and had a lot of conversations about Jesus. One of my favorite ones ever was sitting down with a guy and talking about Jesus and I said, what do you believe to be about true about Jesus? He said, oh, he was a Martian. He said it as plain and as convinced as you could possibly be. He said, oh, he was a Martian. He was an alien, and he came to earth. I said, where do you get that from? He said, I have no idea, but that's what I believe to be true. But you see what the gospels are trying to convince you of, and what the gospel of Jesus is, is that Jesus came to usher what's in heaven here, and that the kingdom of God has come here now, and it's available now. Look, in closing, I was raised in a church where the goal was to get to heaven. That's what everything was about. It was don't break that rule or you might miss heaven. It was all about getting there. And yet what I read in the gospels is Jesus is doing everything he can to bring heaven here. And the call of the kingdom is to believe that God's kingdom is here now. That the kingdom of God in Jesus has invaded earth. You don't wait to get the kingdom till you die. You get it now in him. Look, I don't need heaven when I die. I need some of it now. Now's when I need it. After I'm dead, that'll be amazing. It's gonna be awesome. But you know, the Bible says very little about heaven, but says a lot about what it looks like when heaven invades earth. And so the kingdom of God... In this entire series, this entire year and the rest of your life as a follower of Jesus is discovering what does it mean when the kingdom of God invades your life and my life. What does that look like? Because to Jesus, the gospel was this. The gospel was the kingdom of God. In Matthew, it said this way. The kingdom of heaven is now here. It's here now. Would you stand with me? as we close as we stand together I'm going to ask that you would close your eyes just for a moment the reality of it is I don't know where any of you are at on your journey of faith Some of you might be here this morning because a friend has asked you and you finally gave in. You might be here this morning because your heart is broken and you know you need something more in life. You might be here this morning because for decades and decades and decades you followed Jesus. And you know that committing to worship and Worshiping with the body of Christ is a big deal. It's important. But, why ever we're here, I'd like for us to pause. And whether you're worshiping at home online or you're here in this sanctuary, that you would take a moment and you would consider Jesus' announcement The time has come, the kingdom of God. Is now here. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the iungelion. Repent. Change your mind and believe that Jesus Christ is the one that announced and ushered the kingdom of God into this world. Would you open up your heart by faith to him?